right, welcome to Strong Words with Ian Strong, the entertaining entertainment podcast. I'm your host, Ian Strong, and today, one of the most popular segments that I do here on the show returns as I got another great panel of guests in today's Ranking Roundtable. Ranking Roundtable, of course, is the segment that I do here every once in a while on the show where I, along with my panelists and contributors, collectively rank a collection in the world of entertainment, and we discuss each entry as we count from the bottom to the top of the list. In the past, we've done Quentin Tarantino films, Metallica's studio albums, and Kevin Smith's movies in the View of Schooniverse, but today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite collections of movies from the comedy troupe Broken Lizard, who you may not know by name, but you may have seen one of their movies like Beer Fest, Club Dread, or Super Troopers. We'll discuss each movie, how they ranked, and if we agree or disagree with the ultimate ranking and why, and I'll do that with my guests who have all been on the show at some point, Pat George from Baby Mermaid Productions, my best friend in the whole world, Captain Awesome Mr. Dan Free, Professor Paul, who's been here for every ranking roundtable, and Peach, who you may remember from the Mexico Shot Glass Diary or my mental health awareness episode, all are going to be here today. They, along with you who submitted me your rankings on my social media pages at Ian Strong Words, came up with uh, what I believe is a really great rankings list. And for the first time in the history of Ranking Roundtable, every single entry got a first place vote. So let's find out which of the major motion pictures by Broken Lizard tops the list right after I thank my friends over at Rolling Acre Farms and their superior tasting CBD and CBG products for making the rest of this episode commercial free. Because if you listen to this show regularly, and I hope you do, then for the last few months you've heard me explain some of the benefits of using Rolling Acre's superior tasting CBD and CBG products, regardless of whether or not you're a recreational or medicinal marijuana smoker for things like anxiety, appetite, improving your sleep patterns, gluten allergy, and more, including their pet-friendly products that'll treat your dog's, cat's, or horse's anxiety and seizures, But now, Rolling Acre has a way to treat your acute muscle tension and joint issues by incorporating their new CBD salve into your massage or physical therapy regimen. And you can live brighter and try it for yourself, as well as get $10 off your next order simply by using the promo code STRONGWORDS on your next purchase at rolling-acre.com. Just go to rolling-acre.com or at Rolling Acre on social media to shop their selection of full-spectrum tinctures, salves, and pet-friendly products that are ready to ship in all 48 CBD and CBG legal states. And don't forget to use the promo code STRONGWORDS right now to get $10 off your order. And after you've done that, please enjoy this music that you'll find that I had way too much fun recording as we get into today's edition of Ranking Roundtable right here on Strong Words with Ian Strong. Naughty Strong. Pat George and Dan Free talking to Dan's wife Peach. Then the four amigos then added a fifth. Professor Paul wasn't hard to reach. Pat George and Dan Free got high as a kite. Strong just laughed like hell. Then they talked, broken lizard all night on today's ranking round table. La 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 Alright, so here we are at another edition of the very popular ranking roundtable here on the show where we take a collection of something in the entertainment realm and with your help, some of you who have provided lists for us, as well as the panelists here at the table, we are going to rank 
all of the major motion pictures, when I say that I mean the ones that were released in theaters of the Broken Lizard Troop, which include the films Super Troopers, Club Dread, Beer Fest, Super Troopers 2, and The Slam and Salmon. So before we get into this, I guess uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to introduce today's panel, which is one of the most ambitious panels that I've ever had here on the show. We got four people, including not including myself, on the panel, starting with my left, good friend of mine. He was here earlier this year. I uh, interviewed him. He was also part of the View Askew podcast last year. He is the owner of Baby Mermaid Productions, which produces such podcasts as 6AM, Falls Count Anywhere, Proper Ebonics, and the Gross Domesticated Podcast. Mr. Pat George, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, buddy. I appreciate you uh, uh, asking me to rate some of my favorite movies from my childhood and today. <laughs> I remember when when we first when you first appeared on the show last year when we did the View Askew podcast, you specifically said, if you do one of these for the yeah. Broken Lizard films, I want in. Yes. Yeah. And that's a big reason why we're doing this one now. Oh, really? Because, well, not just you, but somebody else here at the table was like, if you ever do that, I want in too. Yeah. And I'm going to introduce that person right now. The first female to sit in on the panel in a ranking roundtable history, but it's not the first time she's been on the show. She is the demo goddess, as she uh, just told me that she wants me to call her two minutes ago. <laughs> that's not totally true. <laughs> Peach, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you excited? I am excited beyond why, this one. Why did you want to be a part of this one specifically? Um, some of these movies are my favorite movies and they have a lot of nostalgia for me. Okay. So I when you guys were doing all the round tables, all I kept thinking was, yeah, this is all great from a group of, you know, Caucasian, middle aged men. Um, but what about <laughs> middle aged? What about the rest of us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you did contribute to the Quentin Tarantino roundtable that we did by helping me break the tie between Kill Bill and Django, mm-hmm. uh, as well as my sister. So, like, this is the first time we've actually had somebody here on the panel. And we talked about it before, about how you felt that the the female perspective was missing in this uh, collective group of rankings. And I'm really glad that you're here to provide whatever insight that uh, your Y chromosome is going to uh, provide us today. <laughs> yeah. Did I say that right? Is I, don't, that... I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Are we allowed to be talking about this? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. But she didn't stop me, so it's okay. So to her left, friend of the show, by far the most repeat guest that I've had here on the show, my best friend in the whole world, one half of Awesomely Strong, lead singer of Dead Cowboy, Dan Freet. How are you, buddy? What up? You could do that louder if you want. What up? <laughs> what up? Every time. Every time we do this. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Came in unprepared as usual. <laughs> no, you said you brought in two notes. Yeah, two I notes. got two notes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I really need. And I'm yet to have a ranking roundtable without the last panelist here, which I'm glad that he's here because I always appreciate his perspective. He's one of my oldest friends, Professor Paul. Thanks for coming back. And I hope that uh, you have me on some other shows, too. I, I absolutely love doing this. It's wonderful to have an opportunity to be on another podcast. And certainly with all you guys, it's it's always an adventure when we get together. <laughs> so just to preface what we're going to do here, we're like I said, we're only talking about the five major theatrical releases. Now, Broken Lizard, the comedy troupe who's responsible for all of these movies that produced and wrote and starred in together, have sometimes diverted from the troupe and have done some other projects on their own. 
And we're not going to be talking about those today, but I at least wanted to mention them in case you're a fan of these you know, types of movies. Maybe it's something that you might want to check out. Like, for example, their very first movie that they ever put out in 1996, which went to the Sundance Film Festival, Puddle Cruiser. Has anybody here ever actually seen that? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I ha- you have? Yeah, yeah. Is it good? No, it's it's kind of like a, because you're introduced to a lot of times, I think most of us were probably introduced to Super Troopers. Mm-hmm. That's like the thing where you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, and there's a movie they made right before this. Mm-hmm. And you see that and you're like, eh, that's not Super Troopers. But it's it, you like it, but I think you're expecting that caliber. And they just gotcha. they didn't have that timing, I don't think, yet. But I, I liked it, but I just didn't love it. Yeah, with the exception of it being at the Sundance Film Festival, it was never released in theaters. I think you can get it on DVD. I personally have not seen it. Anybody else ever? No. So we're not going to be talking about that today as part of the ultimate ranking list. We're not going to be talking about the 2005 Dukes of Hazard film, which is usually mistaken as being part of this list because it was directed by Jay Chandrasekhar. I hope I said that uh yeah, I'm just going to call him Jay. Yeah, I'm just going to call all these guys by their <laughs> first it. names. So it was directed by Jay, and it featured at some point every member of the comedy troupe on screen, but it was not written by Broken Lizard, so it doesn't technically count here. They were just hired. Jay was hired by, I think it was Fox Studios, yeah. or Fox Searchlight Pictures, to make this film, and he just kind of did it his own way. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie for what it was supposed to be, I guess. Jessica Simpson. She's the only main reason to watch, mm. and and James Roday. I love James Roday. I, I thought uh, uh Kevin Heffernan, mm-hmm. no Heffernan, right? Yeah, uh, he's. I always make that mistake because Kevin James played Doug Heffernan in the King of exactly, Queens. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Heffernan. Yeah, he was, but he plays the mechanic in that. Uh-huh. Right. I think the thing uh, that happens with those movies is like every one of them being in that playing such a different, like acting it up. Like mm-hmm. playing a different character that they didn't like, maybe personally write for themselves, like like a broken lizard thing. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's like they're not. It's cool. It's funny, but it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, it's it's. I thought it was good, but I think him in in, uh, in particular, I think he's no Doug Heffernan, right? <laughs> <laughs> So another movie that we're not going to be discussing as part of this ranking list is the movie Watching the Detectives, which was directed by Paul Soder, and it featured Eric Stolhansky and Steve Lemmy. Jay and Kevin were not involved in this project at all. It starred uh, Cillian Murphy and Lucy Liu. I did watch this movie years ago, and I remember not hating it, but I also not. I also remember not loving it either. Has anybody else ever seen it? No. I didn't that even know about it until yesterday. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's it's kind of like a, like a dramedy. And uh, it's very outside the box from what you would expect from somebody who is part of this comedy troupe. Yeah. And then the last thing that we're not going to talk about, which I probably could spend a whole podcast on, is the 2019 show. Well, it's been on since 2019 on True TV, Tacoma FD. I love that show. I love Tacoma FD. Uh, This season is great. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really like that. And I'm glad that they're still keeping relevant Mm -hmm. in, in... the media because honestly for a while and i think we're going to talk about some of this their movies were not that well received and to be honest with you i think it's great that they're still able to have a successful television show at least uh, you know a couple of them and paul soder's been on some of the episodes too Mm. he's a co-executive producer as well Mm -hmm. and that's why we're not really talking about that as part of this because one it's a television show and two jay and eric are not involved in the project it was created written and produced by kevin and steve and it was co-executive produced and occasionally features Paul on the episodes. But if you haven't checked that out, I highly suggest you do. It's basically, it, it's very similar in tone to Super Troopers, yeah. but it takes place in a uh, 
fire hall. I think that's a really good evaluation of the show, but I also think that there's a lot of unique things that they're doing, and I hope that they don't get sort of pigeonholed into that Super Troopers mold, because yeah. as we've seen in this, you know, catalog of films that we're going to talk about, they they do branch out, and they mm-hmm. try to get away from that that Super Troopers mold that, that I think they fell into for a while. I think it's kind of funny that the last podcast that we did a ranking roundtable for that featured movies was kind of in the same vein as this one in that Kevin Smith and the Broken Lizard Troop are both like, they have like a cult following. Like, if you know his movies and you know their movies, you love their movies, but not, they don't have like a general mass appeal. It's it's almost as if like it's a, a niche market and they kind of cross over to each other to where like, if you like Kevin Smith, you probably like Broken Lizard and vice versa. So I think that that's interesting here as well too. So let's get into these rankings and we're actually going to have a little bit extra time to talk about it because even though we only have five movies to talk about. We got five people on the panel, so I'm hoping that we can actually dive into these a little bit and see uh, why we agree with or disagree with where these ultimately ranked. And if you're unfamiliar with the concept of ranking roundtable, here's how it works. I asked everybody here sitting at the table, as well as all of you who follow me on social media at Ian Strong Words, to submit me your rankings of the five movies that we're going to be talking about today. And then I calculated all of your rankings to come up with an ultimate list, which nobody knows what the ultimate list is but me right here. And we're going to count them down from five to one. We're going to talk about where we individually ranked them, what we liked about each movie and what we disliked. And we invite you to join us in the conversation as well. So if you haven't submitted me a list and you're listening to this, feel free to send me a list and tell me whether or not you agree as well. So let's start with number five and go all the way to number one. When it comes to number five, I don't think Anybody here on this table is going to be surprised because one, two, three out of the five of us actually put it at number five. And we're talking about Slammin' Salmon at number five. I guess before we start getting into Slammin' Salmon, I also want to give a mention and a shout out to everybody else who contributed to this list who isn't sitting on this panel today. And I want, and by that, I'm talking about BCMG's Into the Lab podcast, which they wanted me to give a shout out to the hashtag Potter family for uh, contributing this list. Thank you so much for doing that. Comedian and future guest on this show, mutual friend of myself and Pat George, Mr. Charles Baynard, nice. contributed a list to this today. Zanzaniel. Uh, one of my good friends that you may have heard me talk okay. about many times on the podcast, Mitch Coleman, a.k.a. Mitch Lebowski, submitted a list today. And uh, another good friend of mine, another good friend of a lot of people here at the table, Christine Wersinski, also uh, gave us a list 15 minutes before we started the recording, and it did make a difference in the ultimate ranking of this list. So we'll see how it shakes out. But we're talking about number five today, Slam and Salmon, which everybody had either fourth or fifth, except for Paul, who had it third, and Mitch, who had it number one. I know it, man. It's so weird. I. He told me, I mean, I've, I've been friends with Mitch for a long time, even before this movie had ever came out. And he's been telling me ever since this movie came out that it'll always be his favorite movie. And honestly, even though it falls in at number five, and it was number five on my list, it's a good movie. I like it the least. That's it. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. I don't dislike it, but I definitely like it the least. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it over to Paul first, since of the, everybody here on the table, he's the one that ranked it highest at third. Talk to me about Slam and Salmon and why it falls in the middle for you. Well, before we do that, one thing I was very interested in on Slam and Salmon is for each of these movies, I looked at their IMDb ranking and their and their budget and their mm-hmm. take. The take for this movie listed on IMDb is like sixty thousand dollars, right? Because it was only it was only released in limited capacity in theaters in 2009 and then it came out four months later on DVD and Blu-ray. I remember seeing it. It didn't seem that li- that the limited to me. Yeah. 
yeah. But anyway, I, that, I thought that that was odd. But number two, you know, I got to say, this movie for me, it, again, it's in the middle. I, so I don't want to. Yeah, I'm the highest here, except for the gentleman who who went one. First of all, I, I can't really kind of explain my thought process without giving away the rest of my rankings, because Fair. when I'm when I'm trying to compare them. But I, I just want to say that that this will probably be a surprise that'll hold. Uh, I wasn't as big as Super Troopers too, and okay. so I think that that this movie was fun. There wasn't much plot. Yeah, um, <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. But I do think that the secondary characters is what made this movie something special. And I'm also going to talk about that in some of the other movies. So there are a couple of the movies where the secondary characters were so memorable. And I think this is one of them. To me, the champ is one of the best <laughs> characters in the entire oh, yeah. universe. I thought Michael Clark Duncan played that part so well. And I, I honestly thought that all the secondary characters, the, the sort of subplot with Morgan Fairchild, mm-hmm. I thought was really creative and unique. Yeah. And I and one of the things that I really liked about this movie is it was unique. I, it's too bad it didn't get a better reception. And I think that's why they took a break after this for nine years to mm-hmm. develop Super Troopers 2. But uh, I really enjoyed this film. I also think it's because I worked in the restaurant business for 20 years. <laughs> that's probably true, too, because that's how you and I met. We, we, we used to work at Bob Evans Restaurant. And I, I I felt like a lot of the things like, you know, when they would bring back something that was sent back, especially when it came to dessert, we would just pounce on that thing. I thought the whole swallowing of the ring was odd. Well, but, uh, you know, it was par for the course for the movie. It was right along with the tone. So I did enjoy it. Um, again, I think it would have more to do with with issues I have with two of the other films as opposed to that. I absolutely love this movie, but I, I do enjoy it. And I think I have a special bond to it because, you know, at the time I was still mm-hmm. working in restaurants. Well, and at the time, I don't know if this makes any difference in regards to the overall reception or tone of the movie, but up to this point, every movie had been directed by Jay, whereas this one was the first one that was directed by Kevin. Hmm. I don't know if... I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't know if that made a difference in it either. I mean, it's still written by everybody in the crew, still starring everybody in the crew. I thought that... Like, one of the things that's probably going to be a common theme for me in all of these movies is I love, and I'll probably get all your guys' opinion on this at the end of the show, Steve Lemmy is probably my favorite member of the troupe because he's usually the most um, character-driven. He's not playing, like, virtually the same role in every movie. And this is kind of like the first time, at least in the universe of Broken Lizard that Kevin is playing a str- like a like a, a character straight like I'm not, I don't mean that as in like not a an sexual exaggerated preference. character yeah. yeah 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 and I think that that almost kind of took away from the film a little bit for me because I kind of want to see like when I see him on screen I kind of want him to be a little bit over the top and he wasn't that for me in this I thought Paul Soder was awesome in this movie when he played both parts of uh, uh, his twin brothers and their dynamic and their fight and all that. I thought I that was that. great. I love that that's a dynamic in a couple different of their movies. Like, the, like mm-hmm. you know, and obviously we'll get into the ones later on, but the twin aspect of that, like, yeah. I and, love that. And when the champ asks the the twin why he's wearing blue <laughs> lipstick. Yeah. I mean, I laughed about that for like three minutes. Has anybody here ever drank blue curacao before? It's awful. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. No. Is, it, is it any good? No. It's no, basically really. colored triple sec. So okay. it, it, it mm. doesn't really have much of a flavor. It's not blueberry. Okay. <laughs> it's just sugar, you know? And and Jay was really good in this movie, too, because he essentially played two parts as well yeah. with uh, with Zongo and what, what was his other character's name? Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Dan here because you had it fourth out of fifth. Talk to me about Slam and Salmon for you. Well, I mean, not too unlike uh, 
Professor Paul. I worked in the restaurant industry for a long, long, long time. And uh, it hit it hits home with a lot of stuff. I think I just really connected with it on another level. And, and Jay's character in it is probably my favorite Jay character. One of them. It's really close to the top. When, and he has to get his ass out in literally every <laughs> film, I think. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's weird to say. Steve, me he's, he's got those big, beautiful brown lips. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, it's it's close to the bottom of my list. I know. I think I just have the the one that ended up last has more problems with me than, okay. than this one. Uh, I also really like um, Avery Balby. Okay. She was uh, Alan's girlfriend on Two and a Half Men mm-hmm. forever, and I loved her in that. And so this isn't that far off, and she just gets the hell beat out of her. Oh, just the just worst. Just the worst. Just by the end of the movie is by far the least attractive person in the movie, including Jay and Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and Colby Smulders from How I Met Your Mother. She's, yeah. I like her a lot, too. So there's just a lot of actors and actresses in it. And I thought it was just it was pretty good. Olivia um, Munn in it too. Like, Olivia there were Munn. a lot of stars in the movie, and that's why I was so surprised that it did so poorly at the theater. Will Forte yeah. was in it. Yeah, Will Forte is one of those guys, kind of like Kevin Smith with his troop of guys that he tries to put in every one of his movies. There's guys like that in a lot of these Broken Lizard films, like uh, Nat Faxon. Will Forte, Forte yeah. is one of those guys, and and I like that too. I like that they try to find something for these guys who we like in these other movies, and they bring them to uh, the other movies. Going over to Pat, you you had this at fifth. You, know, you said that you don't dislike the movie, but you like it the least. What yeah. is it about the movie that makes you like it the least? I think it's the point actually that uh, uh, the professor brought up. It there is a the fact that it has so many stars in it. I think it takes away from the ensemble, like the broken lizard. Like they lose their identity. Like it's a funny movie. I like the movie. I don't think that's and I don't like just uh, the same thing with uh, even one that I don't think you brought up was uh, Baby Makers. Yeah, like, yeah, I should that's have brought like a baby unofficially kind of in that thing of like I like these guys' point of view and how they tell a story and like and I feel like when you have not that Michael Clark Duncan isn't a good actor to put in with them or anything like that, but I think the more you put stars in it, the more you kind of dilute the Broken Lizard like brand. Definitely sure. fair. So like, yeah, so that's, I, like, that's a really good observation. I feel like it's it's kind of like it's super funny, but like when you like go Dasha Willie Nelson, you go Dasha like Wonder Woman, you go like Dasha like you have like big stars from either their childhood or your childhood, the Ben Savage story, <laughs> stuff like that. You know what I mean? You have like those things where you're like, that's what I like about it. Is like they're like I please I, I hope nobody kills me. I don't love Monty Python. Okay. But as far as like ensembles, like this would be, I think the only way I can equate it to people, this is my Monty Python. I love all these guys equally. Yeah. I love them all together just vibing, dude. Like I I love that. Pardon the, my, pardon my French. The, the other, the other thing that I professional. I, I apologize. Oh, the, I don't care what I, on it, other he people. He set the say. bar. I want yeah. to. <laughs> well, the the other thing that I didn't mention that I probably should have in regards to things that they've put out that we're not necessarily talking about was their their stand up film that where yeah. every all yeah. five of them did stand up and they are all really funny. It's, yeah, they're great. Yeah. I love these guys, you know. But like when you have like Michael, you have big personalities. It's like it's it's great. It's entertaining, but like as far as Broken Lizard, like mm-hmm. it kind of takes away from that. I feel like Peach, you also had this in fifth. Is it because you necessarily didn't like the movie, or you just like it the least, like Pat did? So actually, I totally agree, like one hundred percent with Pat. So he said everything that I was going to actually say. Sorry. 
<laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so so I've wa- I watched this movie. This is the only movie I was kind of new to when we decided to sit down and do this list. I know I've seen it before, but I didn't really remember it. And that is exactly the same thoughts I had. Like the movie almost drug out too long for me because you had the broken lizard guys and then you had all these other celebrities and stars making these little appearances but it was too much it took too long it took away from the original cast that's why it went to the bottom of the list for me it's also really hard to pull off a film that never changes its scenery the entire film takes place inside the restaurant i guess i never even took that into consideration i couldn't remember like i i wanted to like i was almost gonna go back and rewatch the whole movie to say like wait did it all happen in one room like because there's Mm -hmm. not enough dynamic like it's all like a play yeah do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like i need it to be you know them out in the road doing stunts like weird ridiculous stuff that you wouldn't uh, assume would happen like you know right they're they're kind of like confined to this one space and they can only do so much with it right that's why it's still very entertaining but as far as like broken lizard you kind of expect like this almost cartoonish there's very little about this movie background information. Yeah. Um, I, I always try to come into these podcasts with doing some research, and there's there's stories around all of the other films, but there's nothing about this film right. to, to get any sense of what the... There was no budget on IMDb. Like, there's just a lot of unanswered questions for me that I would be really interested in learning about. But then after that, they're done for nine years, and they kind of... Well, this is almost like mm-hmm. their, their swan song, if yeah. you will, until they brought back Super Troopers. I was just going to say that for me, and I don't know if the timeline's correct, so correct me, I'm not a film, I'm not good at film, but it almost seemed like they were just trying to copy waiting. And for uh, me, that I, I was going to make some parallels to that you too. Said 2009, right? Yeah, it came yeah. out in 2009. Yeah. And to me, like when I, I think that waiting is a better movie, but that doesn't mean that I like this movie less because I like waiting more. Right. You know what I mean? That was more my kitchen reality. Like when yeah. I, I also worked in the kitchens and stuff like that. Oh, growing Paul, up and, Paul and I have some stories of some times in the kitchen yeah. that parallel a lot of things that happened in, uh, I think, the statute. <laughs> all all I of wrapped the above. A lot. I mean, all of these movies <laughs> I wrapped a lot done when stuff I, like this. <laughs> all right. So let's move on from number five and go to number four, which I'm a little disappointed that this comes in at number four because it was my number one. Uh-oh. And it's Club Dread. Yeah. <laughs> It, it wasn't very far off from number three, and because uh, it was released, it was released in two thousand four. It made seven point six million at the box office on a budget of eight point six, so it was a financial failure. But let me tell you why this is my number one. I love this movie so much. Yeah, I love spoof movies, and horror comedies are probably my favorite genre of movie. It's why I love you know the Evil Dead franchise. It's why I love movies like Slither, and. This is right up there with my favorite horror comedies of all time because not only is it just a really well-done horror comedy, but it's done by this troupe of guys who I think are so funny, and it's by far my favorite role that Bill Paxton ever played. The soundtrack is fantastic. (laughs) Pina Colada Bird. (laughs) That's all you had to say was Pina Colada Bird. (laughs) I, I don't know. It's just I love maybe... Not every character in the movie is as good as they could have been or as good as they ever was in any other film. But, like, again, Steve Lemmy, to me, like, there are people who watch this movie that don't even recognize that Juan is Steve Lemmy. Here's here's my question. Do you think that the character of Juan, as this movie continues to age, gets 
politically incorrect. Absolutely, he does. I, I, I think mean, it's already there, guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Now, I'm not somebody who, you know, takes a, a lot of notice to these types of things, but I can see people being offended by the character. <laughs> and uh, I think that was part of the reason that, that I disliked the film. Not did, did, just, you, did, you, did, did you dislike it back then? No. Again, this was never one of my favorites, and I don't want to steal your thunder. No, here. no, no, it's fine. Um, but, you know, this came in last for me. This movie wasn't funny. There were funny, I highly disagree There were with funny you. moments, but it wasn't funny in the way that the other films are. I just, I wrote that in my notes like three different times. Like, it, it just didn't do it for me. Like, there were scenes that were good, and I understand that was a parody. It was too over the top. And I, I maybe that's what they were going for, but to me it didn't land the same as it did when back in the day, you know. Well, in two thousand four when it came out, like I can imagine, like you said, anybody going watching this movie today with it being seventeen years old can nitpick and find a whole lot of problems with it. But because I watched it in two thousand four, probably twenty times. Oh yeah, that's too. one of the things that makes me still love it is because it kind of takes me back to that time where like some of that humor was still socially acceptable and. I mean, you, you can find that with uh, a lot of the latter movies that they make that like they're trying to still toe that line. I know Kevin Smith has, you know, problems and gets frustrated with, how you know, what's funny nowadays. Like, it's hard to be funny in today's social climate, political climate and all that stuff. But for me, like I said, just the, there's so many great one liners in this movie. MC Ganey is hilarious to me. He's another one of those guys that you see a lot in the Broken Lizard films. He was Bill Paxton's like uh, right hand man who carried around his wampin stick. Yeah. <laughs> and then see it like it was little stuff like that where he was like I'll be there with my wampin stick. And then when he shows up he's holding a fucking stick. Like to me like just little subtle stuff like that or or like the the Asian girl whose name was you and when Juan shows up and he's like you and Hank are dead. And he's like you threatened me little Harold <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were definitely some funny moments, the, but in the, the, the little Pac-Man scene in there—that I loved all that. It just didn't. Uh, and honestly, that's what I think is so interesting about doing these roundtables because we're all evaluating these movies differently. I mm-hmm. literally am, am judging them on I watched them this week. Here's how I would rank them today. Whereas it seems like you're you're kind of uh, being nostalgic. I would say I was sort of the other way with the Metallica ranking roundtable because for me it was more emotion than actual quality so it just all depends on how we're, we're going through these evaluations well and to me when it comes to how i make my rankings i i do it just like i did the tarantino one just like i did the kevin smith one i put these films all up next to each other and i say if they were all on tv right now which one would i watch yeah and every single time it would be club dread yeah so uh, I'm going to pass it over to Peach. She had it at fourth out of fifth on the list. Uh, before I, I go to you, Peach, I just want to make one other point and just saying like, so the reason this is number one for me, as opposed to like one of the other sexier picks, like, you know, spoiler alert, it's probably going to be Super Troopers or Beer Fest or Super Troopers 2 because they're the only three that are left. I think the audience is intelligent enough to figure that out on their own. <laughs> I mean, there's only five movies here, so there's only three more that it could be. But the reason this falls in for me is because I've seen those other ones, maybe not Super Troopers 2, so many times that like the Black Album from Metallica, I don't need to ever see it again. And I almost become bored with it because of how many times I've seen those movies. That doesn't mean... I don't think Club Dread is Broken Lizard's best movie. It's just my favorite, and that's why it goes into number Beautiful, one. Yeah, Peach, why does this come in number four for you? 
Yeah, so I'm just not a big fan of the whole spoof on the horror films and that. It's just not my genre, as you Mm -hmm. said. So that was one thing. The only thing that saved this movie for me that made it my number four was I just love me some Bill Paxton. He's so great. Anything he does. And this character did not disappoint. It was great. Ranks up there with one of the best characters in in all five films. I I 100% agree. Yeah, the, the the laughing moments, the funny moments for me was him and his music, I mm-hmm. think. Nine times out of ten, that was the, that was what I was laughing when at he, with this movie. When he gets into the argument with the girl at the campfire who wants him to play... <laughs> Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Dan, you and I quote that all the time. Yeah, I was getting mad right now because I wanted to bring it up when I talked, <laughs> some bitch. <laughs> son of a son of a bitch. Mother, mother, mother... mother <laughs> No, I love I love Coconut Pete, man. I love him. So if you if you love Coconut Pete, why is it not enough to keep this from being on the bottom of your list? Well, to be honest, I don't act. I you know me, I love horror films as well, mm-hmm. um, just like you. I don't love spoofs on horror films that much, and for me, this movie could never end in a way that it would ever be good. Like, all this bad stuff happens at the end of Club Dread, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you can drive the boat. And she's smiling, but her dude just got murdered and f- sunk to the bottom of the, you know, down in the water. Uh, Carlos. Oh, Juan. <laughs> Called him Carlos. You well, can was, take all car- this out. There, there, was, there was a Carlos. You're right, Carlos. Yeah. He was the one that was he, hang gliding. He, Naughty Carlos. Naughty Carlos. <laughs> it was Carlos. Okay. No, Juan. When Juan died, you know, and literally like a minute later, all this stuff happens. And they're happy. And they survive and they're happy and they live happily ever after. They make out and it's all dumb. I hate that. I just... I love, me some, I love me some Brittany Daniel and Jordan Ladd, too. I do love Brittany Daniel. Yeah, she's great in it. Um, I don't know. I just have so many problems with the spoof on the actual horror film genre. But Coconut I'm, Pete is like the most fantastic character, and and just in movies in general, like mm-hmm. you can look over movies. He's a great. Bill just, Paxton's had a great career, and for us to say that this may be his best role really says something. I mean, this and maybe Weird Science. I, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't consider this his best role. Well, not anymore. No, here's here's one thing I wanted to bring up with you guys. He's dead. <laughs> Even when he was of the living. <laughs> Here. Didn't this seem like after Super Trooper's success, this just seemed like a vacation for the guys to put yeah. something together? It came out really quickly after Super Troopers. It seemed it seemed a little rushed, and it just seemed like they were just blowing off some steam. It was a flop. This, does, to me, does not go down as one that is memorable for them, though they consider this their funniest movie. I think it might be their funniest movie. I mean, I there, think there, it's there, funny. Is, there is a lot of tropes in it. Like when the knife is walking up to the guy, and then you is like, Carlos, these knives are filthy. You know, that's that's a total horror movie mm-hmm. trope. The pretzel and the watermelon gag. I mean, can you get any better than that, though? I, I will give oh, it I some credit there. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I love the line at the beginning. You know, the whole beginning scene when they're in like the, uh, the like they're going to have the three way oh, or whatever in the mausoleum, and uh, they're talking. You know, she keeps seeing this guy. And he, <laughs> the guy's like, this guy's going to be picking his teeth out of my dump. <laughs> I don't know why I, I, I when, laughed so much. I love when Juan was trying to explain to everybody who was about the cliff dive before, uh, as they're being chased by the fun police. He's like, clench your cheeks and uh, keep your legs together or else water will fly up your butthole and paralyze your intestine. And then they go all the way down to the bottom and Brittany Daniel goes up and says, ow, my ass. 
asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you had this at fourth. Um, why is that? Uh, I I think it's it's I haven't seen it basically. I think since it came out. Okay. So I and I remember not loving it, and like in uh, retrospect, I feel like there's a bit of it kind of suffered. I think at the time. Because it was, I love the comedy. I think comedy makes everything better. I think a dramedy is better than anything. I think a scary comedy is still better than a regular horror movie. Because if you take yourself a little bit too serious, it's so hard to do that perfectly. And it's it's a lot more fun to execute it. Like Shaun of the Dead is mm-hmm. one that came out around the same time as this. I think also one of my favorite versions of the scary movie franchise when like Leslie Nielsen and Charlie Sheen are injected mm-hmm. into it was around 2003, came out right. So there's like a lot of competition in the horror comedy genre at this time. And I feel like this was kind of a weak swing in that uh, in, in that realm at the time. That's why I didn't really love it. Watching it now, the only reason it's in for, uh, fourth is just because it's like, I do agree with you, but I think the movies above it, which I don't want to give them away, are <laughs> are 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 in my eyes higher caliber. Like I I truly okay. love those because of the point I was bringing up in the last one. Not that I don't think uh, I think like you said the character that Bill Paxton plays and uh, Brittany Daniel right yep. like there those are stars at that time huge mm-hmm. stars and Bill Paxton's a huge star anyway. Mm-hmm. But like I don't think they took away from it. Like I don't think it suffers so much the slam and salmon thing. Yeah, but I think they do. I think it just kind of like, I don't know if it was just, it might be that. It might be like, hey, we did this one. We got a huge success. We're getting our, our Hollywood budget. Let's spend it on this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like, in, it's good. It's a great movie. It's just fourth because of the other movies. Well, and one of the things that I like about the fact before we move on mm-hmm. that make it different than the movies that you had just mentioned that it was going up against at the time is that those movies were tropes and spoofs with intent, whereas this one, they played it straight even though it was supposed to be yeah. a, a spoof. And I think that that's one, what kind of, I guess, maintains its uh, hilarity to me is is that, you know, it's a, it's a straight movie that just happens to be a spoof of a comedy film as opposed to intentionally being a satire of, yeah. that, of that genre. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So moving on from Club Dread and going on to number three, which just edged it out by a couple of points is Super Troopers 2, which is their most recent film that came out in 2018. What was it, like 17, 18 years after the original one? We're kind of all over the place with this list. Peach, you had it at number one, so I'm going to give you some extra time. Nice. Dan had it at second. Pat, you had it at third. And Paul, you and I both had it at fourth. And as far as the uh, the other people who all submitted rankings for it, they had it either third, fourth, or fifth. One other thing I do want to say, uh, just because he gave me a note, was Charles Baynard, who gave me his list, had Club Dread ranked number three on his list and said that it would have been higher had they not given that white guy that terrible dreadlock wig. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I love me some Charles. So let's talk about Super Troopers 2, which is not only their most recent film, but it's their most commercially successful film, making $31.6 million at the box office off of a budget of 13 and a half. And that 13 and a half, it's, it's kind of interesting how this movie got to be made. Because... We were told for years and years and years that they were going to be doing a Super Troopers 2. Back in 2009, I think, I think Jay said that they were going to do a Super Troopers 2, but it was going to be more like a prequel. And then a couple years later, they said that might be an animated film. And then they said that they were actually going to do it. And it wasn't until 2015 that 
Fox Searchlight Pictures finally greenlit the project, but then required Broken Lizard to fund the production themselves. Yeah. And this is one of those times in which, like, crowdfunding or crowdsourcing something actually worked out to the advantage of the people that were trying to get something made because they only had a goal of raising $2 million to get this movie made, and they were able to raise $4.7 million just in crowdsourcing alone. And because of that, they were able to make the movie. They were able to get some additional funding, and that's why it got all the way up to $13.5 million. But I'm actually kind of glad, even though this ranks lower on my list than Club Dread did, I'm kind of glad that it came in where it did, because I was worried that people would watch this movie and try to compare it to the first one, which is impossible. And if you go into watching this movie without trying to compare it to the first one, it is solid. Not just as a sequel, but as a movie yeah. in and of itself. So, Peach, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Why is Super Troopers 2 your number one movie, which, spoiler alert, nobody else had Super Troopers 2 higher than Super Troopers on their list? Really? No, yeah. not even the people that sent in. Not one person. Okay. Matt here on my, on my own island. <laughs> Explain yourself. Explain myself. You're on your own pleasure island. Sure am. <laughs> so, I guess for me, this movie is just... When I think of these guys, right, and I want to put one, if I want to watch one of their movies, the idea is to laugh, mm-hmm. right? I want to pregame and I want to laugh and I want to forget about reality for a little while. And this movie for me, going back and rewatching them, I laughed by far the hardest at this movie, not only as a standalone movie, like you said, but the little nods to the first movie that they did, I felt like were so well done. And I cannot think of another series where I can say the sequel was better or funnier than the original for me. And I think this is. I went back and forth on putting this one or the original Super Troopers as my number one because you can't have a two without an original. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect. But when when it came down to just being funny and wanting to viewing these movies for what they are in the comedy realm, this one was the funniest for me. So it had to go to number one. I like that you mentioned all of the different nods that they had that, that went to the original movie. Because like the first thing that I remember when I went to see this movie with you guys in the theater was that Brian Cox's cell phone ringtone was Pina Colada Berg. Yes. And Mm -hmm. just little things like that, you know, that's, that's what you want in a sequel. Like you want it to be like an evolution of the original movie, but not a complete rehash of the original movie. You know, you show progression in the characters, but not so much that they're completely different. And I think that that's kind of why this movie really worked the way that it did. Paul, I feel like you're going to give an opposite opinion here because you had it at number four. Do you find it to not be everything I just said that it was? I just watched it this morning, so it's fresh. Funny. I love the Larry Johnson stuff. I love Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) That was bliss for a minute, you know what I mean, in that scene. They reused too many of the jokes, and I think that that was where I took issue with it. I love this movie, and I think it's, it's weird that we have to defend a movie we like, right. why we don't like it, which is what you're making me do here. But if if I had a gripe and why Slam and Salmon to me was above this, it was because they used too many of the same jokes. I don't blame them for using the jokes. They're funny jokes. They were funny the first time. They're funny again. We've watched that first one, though, hundreds of times, and to hear it again is, is sort of patronizing. I do think it was really interesting. Uh, I thought that there was some excellent 
and, and really funny scenes. And I love seeing the guys again back in their original roles. But to me, there was too much recycling of jokes for, for it to land. I, I also like the Slam and Salmon because it's original. I know, and I certainly, I certainly agree and, and get why Slam and Salmon does get a little bit diluted, to Pat's point. But it's original. This this isn't. And, and they, it's not even like they're trying to be original. It's very obviously a sequel. Too many similar storylines, too many similar jokes for me. Going back to what we were saying before about excellent secondary characters... Will Sasso in this movie, oh, my God, is so not brilliant. Oh my God, I can't even I can't even count on my own two hands how many times I've used his French Canadian accent to talk about Danny DeVito. De yeah. <laughs> Such a great bit there, and I also always just wanted, sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, they, but they'd say Philadelphia's like yeah. that's what we get. Philadelphia's. Yeah. But, uh, it's always sunny's in Philadelphia's. I like Brian Cox's performance here. He yeah. is a master in this, and he actually gets a better, really more tribute here than he even did in the first one I, and yeah. that was the one thing i took away from today brian cox is hilarious as o'hagan <laughs> in both movies like it, it is it is like it's such a thing with like will sasso and the fact that like rob lowe is another mm -hmm. one of those like serious actors that you're like oh man he's so funny like right. he's and he is so game the the like even uh my like so hat my my dad's side is uh canadian and like the subtlety between the Canadian accents and each actor is like they are explain like obviously they're Canadian um, you know actors but like there's I, I love the the character work on every part of this I love the world I love being back in the world the storyline to me is the only reason I didn't have it number one or above Super Troopers is exactly that that there are so many callbacks, but I think there's such quality callbacks. I don't think it's just necessarily like recycling it. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, guys, remember this world? Well, these guys that you didn't know weren't actually able to work together because of that Ben Savage thing, uh, which they I love the fact <laughs> that they just, it's mentioned, again, that... that For, the foreshadowing. Even that, mm -hmm. like, it's something like that, the Juicy Lucy intro where you're like, what the is going on <laughs> sean opening. william scott and damon waynes jr the opening, opening scene. did they did they kiss this time juicy crackling bacon yeah. <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean like it's just dude like that to me like the okay so they did reuse jokes and for sure and and but like the new jokes are like oh yeah guys rest up a little bit let's let's drink some maple syrup again let's do some i don't care yeah let's do that because you gave us juicy lucy mm -hmm. you gave us that intro which is completely unnecessary <laughs> and it means nothing he was just a dream sequence a yeah he's a construction worker you know what I mean? like and and farva's the butt like it's just to me it, it was I, I love i wish uh, of all the cinematic universe you know you can take your marvel cinematic universe you can take your even your viewers universe to me, the world I want to live in the most is this world. <laughs> it's just like I want—I love Vermont. I love—I don't know what it is, but just these characters, I love them. Like the the narcotics and this, the, the storylines that they have, the subtle jokes. Ugh, I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm gushing. It I could love, be not. It could be bit, my number one on any given day. I love the bit where where Jay and Steve are pretending to be Mounties yes. and speaking French. Yeah. But none of the French they're saying makes any sense. It's one of the. <laughs> Funniest scenes of the movie. They just keep pe going back and forth. Pe pe French sounding things. Like they start saying yeah. things that aren't actually French at all. Like, Chicken cordon bleu. It is a. <laughs> it, it goes on for like 
two minutes straight. Like, it's crazy it's how so long good. they play that. Happiness in your asshole. <laughs> a what? Happiness in Happiness your asshole. Happiness in your asshole. You know what? There's one, like, I will say this just because th- this is going to make me sound so freaking nerdy. I didn't like that joke because they used that joke in the Beverly Hillbillies movie back in the 90s. Oh. Leah 90s. Thompson says to Jim Varney's character, and all we mean, no, happiness is hard to find. Excuse me? Happiness. Oh, happiness. So, like, when I heard that joke in Super Troopers 2, that's immediately where my mind went, and I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. The uh the Rob Lowe dick tugging scene. I was gonna I was gonna ask just you. the funniest I the love, funniest I, thing. I love in the end when they're showing like all the outtakes during the credits yes. and he's like speed bagging it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, the outtakes are excellent. It's, I mean that actually adds a bunch to the movie as well, I think. And you know who is my favorite uh, Batman villain is the penguin from Batman film. <laughs> That's Danny DeVito. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can you believe the, this guy doesn't know who Danny DeVito is? <laughs> who the singer? No, the fucking actor, Danny DeVito. Oh, the guy's married yeah. to Real Perlman. Then oh, he, I love him in Hellboy. <laughs> That's Ron Perlman. Then he starts talking about throw mama from the train at throw, the end. He's I lost no, the train. He's, he says, "You know what does I like is throw mama and the trains." <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you get that character work. They know they know their characters fully realize and like it, it's it's. It's. I love that world, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, the Mounties are so. It's such a great injection to that. You know, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, They're the best. It's. It's so funny. So Pat, you had it at number three. Dan, you had it at number two. Why is this just right below your number one? I actually think I laugh harder at two than I do at one, and it's probably because I've seen the original Super Troopers like them easily, hands down, the most of any. Sure. Any of them, but. Rewatching it, and I've seen it a few times. I mean, since since we saw it in the theater, and I laugh so hard throughout the whole movie. I think I laugh. I, I definitely laugh more. But this almost seems like a continuation of the film to me. Then it literally feels like it leaves leaves off not far in the future from when the last mm-hmm. one happened. You know, like I really like. That. It only takes place a couple of months after the end of the first movie, even though it comes out like seventeen years later. Right. So I really like, you know, I kind of like it. It feels like a continuation. But the second, Super Troopers 2, you know, is not the same film without the original Super Troopers. You need to be introduced to these characters and know everything about that movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it stands alone fine. If you didn't, you would still laugh. But, I mean, having the initial introduction, you know, I think it elevates the second movie quite a bit. I agree with that. And I, I love the fact that, like, unlike when we did the VSQ podcast and we talked about Jay and Silent Bob reboot, where I thought was extremely funny the first time I saw it, but it turned out it was just because I was so happy to be reintroduced to this world. And the second time I watched the movie, the jokes didn't land as hard. In Super Troopers 2, you don't have that. The jokes land just as hard on rewatches than you do than, it, than they do the first time that you yeah. watched it. And I think that that's why, even though it ranked fourth for me, just because I like it less than my, my top three movies, it's still a, a fantastic movie. As far as sequels go, it's right up there with one of the best ones ever made. And this was during a time in which movies were getting sequels made 10, 15 years too late, and this one was with a, one of the few that didn't disappoint. Yeah, agreed. So let's get into the top two, which we know at this point are either Beer Fest or the first Super Shh, Troopers. Don't tell them yet. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a surprise here that these two movies came in at one and two. 
because and they're only separated by one point Ooh. in in the algorithm that I came up to rank these movies. That's how much people love these movies. I mean, the movie that comes in at number two, it's all first and second place votes except for two third place votes. And the one that comes in at number one, all first and second place votes and two third place votes. So it's just a matter of who got more first place votes and who got more second place votes. So coming in at number two, just barely. Beer Fest. This came in at number two for me, but I think that this is their best movie. Because even though I put Club Dread at number one, this is probably their best movie in regards to mass appeal, storyline, overall flow. The jokes all land. Every character is a character as opposed to just kind of somebody that they're playing. I love this movie so much. I don't think, kind of going back to what we said about Juan and Club Dread, I don't know if Steve Lemmy's character playing a Jew oh, no, he's fine. Would, would be as welcome <laughs> as it was before. He's got the eye of the Jew. He's got the eye of the Jew. It's good. It's a good thing. They're saying he's he's a good person. Now, Pat, of everybody sitting here at this table, you ranked this number one. Yeah. You're the only one at the table. Now, the, the BCMG podcast also ranked it at number one. Everybody else had it at second or third. Why is this number one for you? Man, I think it's just fully realized completely. It is It is a complete, like, uh, the comedy in it is perfect. It's got the worldwide... I, I, I legitimately realized something. I've seen this movie. I think this might be rival uh, Super Troopers with me. Like, I've seen Super Troopers a ton of times, but I've seen Beer Fest because of how much I love it. And I've just rewatched it over and over again. It coincides with the uh, love of martial arts movies. So, like, you know my favorite uh, kid's movie is Bloodsport. Yes. Uh, my favorite children's <laughs> movie is Bloodsport when I was growing up. Uh, that's Mine what, too, buddy. Right, that's what I watched the most. And uh, and this is Broken Lizard's take on a Bloodsport-style Kumite movie. It has the worldwide aspect, and it's so ridiculous. And it's so... It is my favorite element of comedy. It is the most serious you can take a silly subject. Yeah. How silly, serious you can be. And then just the weirdest things get me and get me to laugh. Like the, uh, like, I'll say it with number one, too. But like this one is like the, oh, grandpapa. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, just <laughs> the, the, the way he like he's his so face serious. And he's like, ah, and then, oh, grandpapa. <laughs> and like the, the, the juxt, like, and, and the fact that everybody, in this movie, I think is also from an ensemble. Like nobody is trying to be bigger than anyone else. Right. Everybody like landfill. They just like they and landfill too. And landfill. Like they just. <laughs> I want to bask in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's got the gross aspect. It's got the the silliness. It's got Drink, everybody drinking rams piss. Yeah. It's it, the 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 weird grandmother the, joke. The, that, yeah. The we, course, we've but, been very warming sausages like this for years. Is that their <laughs> oldest profession? Yeah. <laughs> You know the, what I mean? Like those jokes. The it's, frogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And you stroke it. Don't yeah. forget to cup the gonads. What are you from Toad Load Monthly? <laughs> I, I just quoted. I just quoted the ZJ job. I said the ZJ job joke to somebody like I think last week. What do you guys think Z- a ZJ is? You think it's actually a thing? Zipper. A zipper job? Never heard of one. Like uh, like yeah, there's I something about ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going Back with the that. F- up Antonio. <laughs> it's my day. 
dude, every part of this movie, like, there's so many aspects. I was playing ping pong and ding day. <laughs> Dude, it, to me, there, there's so many quotable parts in that movie. It is by far my favorite movie. Ping pong movie. and ding dang. I forgot how much yeah. I love that. I've been shitting pancakes ever since. <laughs> it wasn't the handle. <laughs> oh. oh, man, Paul. I remember watching this movie in the theater with you when it came out in 2006. And we were two of the only three people in the entire theater. Some weird old guy in the I remember back this. just laughing his ass off. And that'll always be one of my favorite memories of this movie to me is just how much we loved it as well as how much that one guy in the back who came to see it by himself loved it. You had this at number two. Talk to me about beer Was it Spingle Spangle? <laughs> so one of the things that I really took away... F- <laughs> one of the things I really took away from re- the rewatch, because I'll be honest, and I don't know to what extent you guys agree... I've seen Super Troopers 2 recently, but none of the other ones I'd watched in a really long time. And that doesn't mean that if they were on, I wouldn't watch yeah. them for a few minutes between commercials mm-hmm. or whatever. Why I loved Beer Fest so much, the secondary characters. Every yeah. character in mm-hmm. this movie is funny. Every mm-hmm. single one. They're also, This movie was so well cast. It was just so funny. And and one of the, the highlights of Broken Lizard, as we get into the top two films here, is their secondary characters. Yes, the main characters are all hilarious but it's the secondary characters and that's to me again i'm not trying to go backward to club dread but that was the issue i took with there i didn't like a lot of the secondary characters here every character in this movie is funny everybody has a quotable line all Mm -hmm. the way down all the way down i mean it's that's why i absolutely love this movie even on a rewatch i was actually you know i was right there with pat Tossing a coin, Super Troopers or Beer Fest here. This movie is so funny. I will watch this again. It'll be my regular rotation because this movie is hilarious at all points. And and you remember the main plot, but you forget some of those one-liners. Mm-hmm. I was dying. Yeah. You can you can ask Jackie. I was absolutely dying when I was watching this movie this week. <laughs> Monkey Kuiken. <laughs> All the all of the German guys are so funny. Like even the meatheads. Yeah, Jay's are, are character funny. in this movie is the I personally feel one of the best characters in all five of these movies, yeah. main or secondary. <laughs> so much depth in it's his character. Hilarious. Me and the I'm just silo saying, some was, of my, with your wife. <laughs> some of my best friends are whores. <laughs> I about peed myself when I rewatched it and yeah. saw the part where he comes in and he sits down next to her his his buddy's wife in the church. <laughs> And I am just like, I, that was the best for yeah. me. With the silo? <laughs> like, like double, Aussie double T. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Dude, I, I have introduced Dominique to this movie. My, well, my wife. Your my wife. My wife. I don't know why I said it like that. I lost, I was like a half committed bar rat. Uh, but, uh. My wife uh, still says, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. I, I say that at work all the time. frustrating. We can't move off of this movie without talking about the oh, ending, oh. though. Because to me, that's what really puts this like oh, right in the conversation. Yes. You're right. Um, I'm with Willie Nelson's... I, I guess you would call that... Because it's almost separate from the movie. It's almost like a trailer. Yeah. In a way, it didn't even really factor into the rest of the movie. Um, but that's just like that cherry on top, almost like the Fred Savage scene yes. at yeah. the end, yeah. which again had nothing to do with movie. But I, I think that that one is one of the most memorable parts Great of point. the film. Yes. Well, and it's interesting to know, because I wrote this here on my notes, which is what makes it interesting, <laughs> is that that whole sequence of them doing Potfest was intended to just be a joke. 
but it was so well received that it has been rumored ever since Beer Fest came out 15 years ago that they're going to make a pot fest. They, have to. they better hurry they, up while Willie's still around. Yeah. <laughs> they they were they were going to make it as an animated film, and then a few years later they said it's going to happen after Super Troopers Two comes out, and now it's just kind of like stuck in developmental hell where we don't know if it's ever going to get made. I'm going to learn how to act. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the pandemic did it no favors either. Yeah. Yeah. Acting's not hard. You just show up and say, I'm so ashamed. And then you go sit in your trailer. Yeah. I'll bring, the, I'll bring my own paddle. <laughs> Peach and Dan, you both had this at number three. You're the only two people that didn't put it in the top two. I'll, you guys can flip a coin over who wants to talk about it first. Explain yourself. Go ahead. Okay. I'll explain myself. <laughs> Um, so actually, I think the top three for me are pretty interchangeable on any given day, really. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I necessarily like this one less than uh, Super Troopers one or two. But I, I think for me, what kind of bumped it down a little bit is my like history and my identity as an artist. So for me, looking at some of the things that were done in this movie, like the CGI on when they're drinking the beer out oh, of DOS yeah. boot, That's, right? Yeah. Yes. Like it was yeah. just enough to annoy me that <laughs> and I that, forget and I forget, like you know, that. when it's been made, right? Yeah. So we understand that technology has come farther, but I don't know. That that was the thing that just kind of bumped it down. It had nothing to do with really anything else, but that and my nostalgia towards my one and two. It's kind of funny that you mentioned the whole CGI of the beer drinking because one of the things that like they never really mention and you have to like watch the movie with the commentary on in order to understand it but like you ever notice how weird their posture is in the last sequence in which they're drinking the 10 boots and they kind of like lean back with their one arm and all that they explain that in the making of the movie that that was supposed to be like a posture that makes you able to I guess get these beers down even faster but then they cut that part out of the movie but they still drink that way in the final scene and it's really confusing when they do it on top of the the CGI of the beer in that scene I always look at that too and just go it's so weird like you think they would have reshot it and drunk and drank the beer straight they show a side angle there yeah. with them with the beer in the boots yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, I mean I caught that it was like a real quick side angle and it was clearly beer and then they went right back to the CGI yeah yeah, especially at the very end when Fink, Fink. St- was drinking it and he's doing the, the over-exaggeration with his jaw going up and down with the drinking the beer. Like, to me, that's a, that's one of the things that kind of takes away from the movie. I'm glad that you brought that up because I didn't really think about it until just now, is I notice the difference between when they're drinking real beer and when they're drinking CGI beer every time that I watch it. I'm pretty sure it's just that scene. Might be. I'm almost positive that every other time they're drinking, which, by the way, uh, the vast majority of the beers that they were drinking was O'Doul's. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. They were actually drinking O'Doul's, when, which is anyone who would know knows it's got awful. And, uh, I, you know, yeah, but Ram's I mean, Piss might be better. It's, I think, it's the only beer I've drank in the last eight years. <laughs> I think they did say one of the advertisements for O'Doul's used to be, uh, you want to uh, freeze it in the wintertime and skate on it. And then melt it in the springtime and drink it. There's so many times in which I've described something that I'm eating or drinking as I want to put my dick in it and I want it to put its dick in me. Dick in me. (laughs) Paul, Paul. Danza, why is this number three for you? Well, I mean, this, I struggled with this being number two and number three, honestly. Um, I think the majority of it was is like I kind of see Super Troopers 2 as a continuation of the first film. And and just like, so I just kept them lumped together. You know what I mean? Outside of that, 
Beer Fest is actually what introduced me to uh, the Broken Lizard. So this was oh, is that true? Wow. Yeah, I, I saw this first. Yeah. Um, and then came back and watched Super Troopers. <laughs> honestly, so I love everything about it. I think it. The CGI didn't age well either for me. Yeah, um, it's such a goofy movie, though. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, no, I know. I, I didn't. I, didn't I, I don't no really offense. care, Professor Paul. I, I, care that much. I, I was actually more getting. <laughs> I mean, Dan, I was actually getting on Ian yeah. more so than you. But. I know. I'm just busting nuts. I do yeah, get over so. yourself, Ian. <laughs> Shark still looks fake. <laughs> But I was yeah, just watching no. that yesterday. <laughs> I, I got to say, though, with, it, with the CGI uh, problem, the part where Landfell, spoiler alert, falls into the vat of beer and starts drinking. Oh, and the cyclone <laughs> above his head? Like, amazingly real. It looks like, pretty so good. Like, so, like, the, they, that's, they obviously spent their money, CGI budget, on that scene. And then the rest of it, they're like, yeah, just make it brown liquid that looks like a cartoon. I, have n- I do not care. Just make him go like... <laughs> And he's just like yeah. that. He's just like swirling <laughs> the tornado. Like I think it makes it funnier. Yeah, with the, that bad CGI, I yeah. really do. I think it's funnier than if it like actually a... be beer. Yeah, like I, it, it's a great cap to the movie. It is yeah. funny. I think one of the other things that really broadens the mass appeal of this movie is we can all remember when we played drinking games back in the day. Yes. Yeah. And it really triggers that nostalgia. From I can't even remember because I was drunk. How many times I went up to Slippery Rock University to hang out with Professor Paul and we would play asshole and I would be the asshole wearing the stupid hat all the time and then I'd look in the mirror and go, looking good, Barry. Looking good, you handsome motherfucker. <laughs> we did. So I actually wrote down all the different beer drinking games. Some of these don't exist. No, they like, don't. Yeah. They, they made these up. Like some of them, like the thumper when they were yeah. beaten. What, I don't know what even that that was. I need to find the, out more the, about this. The yeah. one where they're like, cha- like I, yeah. I think, I think, I think the concept of it is you're supposed to, it's like Simon, but with hand signals. Like you're supposed to repeat the process oh, over and over okay. and over again and then add one more thing and then shoot it over to the next person who has to start from the beginning and then add one more thing. So everybody has to be paying attention. So if it like if it goes to them and they forget to do something wrong, they have to drink right. and they have to rest. Oh, wow. So wait, you guys you guys really never played that? You no. never have you played, never you played heard that? Of oh, it. yeah, I played that. So Beer Fest came out in, while I was in college, right? But no, we, we played a version of that where you had to mimic everybody and remember Wow. We didn't I mean, call it my, Thumper. But my sisters and I played that as a category in Kings, which is the, the game where you have a, yes. a bunch of t- t- cards on the table with a cup in the middle. And depending on what kind of card you pull, you have to perform a certain action. And we did something very similar to Thumper where we would have to do that. Oh, wow. But I don't think we started doing that until after Beer Fest came out. Real test of a beer drinkles metal, isn't it? <laughs> I've also never seen beer actual pong played like they played yeah. it. I've like, never like with seen a, with anybody a, with play With a paddle. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beer pong. And we all know what beer pong is. So so these games were actually quite interesting. I think what would, what would have been a nice tag-along piece with Beer Fest is for them to put out a book with all these different games and rules for these different games. But, hey, I think we hey, missed the boat on that one. Down why, the road, don't, yeah. why don't we write that book? And make $10,000. Cut this out. <laughs> Hashtag don't steal that idea. <laughs> he was pointing at you. You, don't steal that idea. Yeah, why were you game? pointing at me? That, that's usually your line. Oh, you're right. I did. <laughs> I thought you were just saying you. Don't steal that, okay? You don't steal, don't steal that idea, Dan. Because we're going to do it together. Beer Fest is a yes, classic yeah. in every sense. And that's the thing is it is so difficult for me when we go into to one to say anything different than yeah. it's because it was the original that because I it, when you compare the two, I think Beer Fest is it's a perfect movie. 
Yeah. It's a perfect movie. You it can't everything. deny that. I it's thought great. it was weird they just took two people off and just shot them. Uh, that was just kind of very weird and somber. Mr. Spangle Spangle. <laughs> that was just so strange. Well, Schnitzen Giggles is a gr- like the greatest name for a uh, German bar. Give me six schnitzes. Schnitzes. <laughs> Yeah, that bothers me too. Like, why Why wouldn't they have just written down the recipe, right? Why is it only on this little piece of paper? Then you wouldn't have a movie, and I get it, yeah. but, right? Popo. Popo. Steving, a steving stable even, boy. <laughs> even the way that it starts with the, the prefaced warning, if you drink this much, you will you die. You will die. <laughs> it's such a great way to start a movie, and then you see him drinking with this priest. I don't want to look at the fucking Glockenspiel. <laughs> Even, Sorry, even, I'm just thinking. I'm just like, like just going through every like even when the even when the uh, clock goes off and it goes golden tog and then you just see what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's so like unnecessary, yeah. but like it, because it's in there, it, it gets it, in here. Yeah, it yeah, gets in here. It's perfect. Yeah, I would love to see a Snyder cut of Beer Fest. <laughs> personally, what a brilliant concept. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. A great callback to Super Troopers one in a scene with Jay and uh, Cherry. When she says, I'm going to butter your bread. I'm going to butter your bread. <laughs> I, I was wondering if anyone else caught that one. I like mustard on my hot dog. I got, did you notice the, did you notice the nod to the schnozberries where he's looking the window? Oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even think of that. Love that. Oh, man. One of the things I did like so about watching all of these is catching lines from other movies not mm-hmm. even directly like super troopers one two yeah we talked about that but like club dread to super troopers and beer fest calling back to, to mm-hmm. super troopers too i think that was pretty cool i i like when uh writers do that it's almost like we're rewarding you for watching our previous films and we put this in here just for you, yeah, you remember this guy mm-hmm. yeah there you go yeah have a good time so let's <laughs> talk about our number one movie which i think shouldn't surprise anybody who even has heard of a Broken Lizard film, that this came in at number one. The reason it edged out Beer Fest is because Beer Fest only had two first place votes. This movie had four first place votes, and it's Super Troopers. Obviously, we, we've been alluding to it this whole podcast. It's their first real big film. It's the one that probably introduced most of us to these characters in this comedy troupe. It's by far their most commercially successful, maybe not so much in the box office, but it's made like $100 million in DVD, Blu-ray sales, even back because VHS was still a thing back then. It's hard for me to even think of how I want to start the discussion about this movie, because what could we possibly say about this movie that almost wouldn't come across as rhetorical? It's powdered sugar. It's delicious. (laughs) You boys like Mexico! (laughs) And just like we said with Beer Fest, this is a perfect movie. The reason that it actually fell to third place for me, which I'm the only person to put it less than second place, is like I said before about Metallica's Black Album. I've seen this so many times that I never need to watch it again. And when I do, it's not as funny to me anymore because I've seen it so many times. I think that probably makes me... I don't know, a little callous or unappreciative of how funny it was because, I mean, at the time, especially 2001, this was one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen. I think a lot of people can say that. I think a lot of people that saw this movie could say that same thing. It's like, this is this is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And it totally appealed to somebody at like me. And We were the right demo. Absolutely we were. Yeah. Absolutely we were. 
And I think that, you know, all the things that just work so perfectly about it is, you know, we didn't know any of these people before we'd seen them before. And yet collectively, they are so funny in their own different and unique ways. It's quotable in every single way. Kind of what we were saying before about Super Troopers 2 and beer, and you can even say this about beer, like no, no other movie or TV show or anything that these guys have ever done would ever have happened had not this movie come out. As far as it being third for me, that's only because I love Beer Fest and Club Dread more for its rewatchability to me in 2021, but that's only because I've seen Super Troopers probably 200 times, if not more. I'm going to throw it over to Dan first because it's his number one. Tell me why. I mean, I don't even, you don't even have to explain I don't really why. think I can say anything that everyone else isn't going to say or already knows. I mean... Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's the introduction to uh, to these characters, and I mean, really, it feels like a masterclass right off the right off the bat. You know, like it's just so funny. Everybody in the movie's funny. Every scene is is right on point. At the time, I think it might have been, you know, you know, it's easily still in like my top five funniest movies of all time. I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a uh, Monty Python fan. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew it. The originality, I think, is what like the they they got you to laugh at stuff that you didn't even know you wanted to like. Like the mm-hmm. the maple syrup chugging scene is like still one of like I haven't seen anything like that. The like initial that- pullover scene of the kids, the first time you see yeah. when they when they yeah. the kids are all banged up, and you know. They look around, they're gone, and they tear off and just stop, and then they rip back and pull up behind. Come, I mean, like you know, that, you know that when they did I've that, I've been messed up as a kid like that on on some stuff, and I know if that would have happened to me, I would the schnozberries would have definitely tasted like schnozberries. You know, you know, what I you mean? know like, when they did that, crazy. They, they they mentioned this in the commentary, which I highly recommend if you've never watched this movie with the commentary on, you have to because you get so much little Easter egg stuff on top of all. You, you just get to hear them talk about the making of this movie. But when they were driving away and then throw it in reverse and then throw it immediately back in the drive, you can't see it because of all the smoke that's in the background. But the transmission of the vehicle fell out of the vehicle. Oh, (laughs) man. That makes sense. It does. Another thing that I also liked in the commentary of this movie that I wanted to point out was the the kid that was driving the car, whose real name is Andre Vipolis. They gave him that role in the movie just because he was the first person to audition for them. I like that. Yeah. Loyalty. Yeah. You know, auditioning for a movie for these guys who you've never heard before, who only had one movie ever premiere at Sundance, and they weren't necessarily thinking of that specific role for him. I think he read for the kid in the back seat, but they gave him that role just because he was the first person to, to audition for them. I like that. And again, even in that car, like obviously Schnozberry's kid is somebody's favorite. Mm-hmm. The driver is somebody's favorite. Like, I can't pull over anymore. <laughs> He's already pulled over his arse. Like, <laughs> like him. <laughs> Trying to like logistically, he's already pulled over. He's for already him. pulled up. Like that's what I'm saying. Those jokes don't like get old. If you were like, you can just kind of or just that. like J- Jay walking back up to the vehicle in the middle of Literally, the day, man. shining a flashlight in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like touches like that, like that weird thing. Like like they are messing with kids that they know are though even those being references to you know doing drugs later on or something like mm-hmm. that you know littering and or and he holds up a bag of weed and says he pulls him over for littering yeah <laughs> <laughs> or or who hasn't thought about 
being in a car when they see a cop and just eating all of the paraphernalia. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't want to eat the paraphernalia. Well, you, no, you don't. You don't want to. Sometimes well, you, you, you can eat the product, but you don't want to eat the paraphernalia. Uh, that, yeah. might, that might get that might get a little messy. <laughs> eat the whole vape pen. <laughs> <laughs> trying to eat the bowl. I love the first time you're like introduced to Steve Lemmy too, because like yeah. you don't know that do he's we. just the you know he do we huh? oh go girlfriend I'm your mother yeah it's so don't funny. forget to cut the balls. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking all these scenes, but you guys are all overlooking the best scene of the whole movie. What's Is that? Soap in the coffee. No. <laughs> Got you, you fucker. The bear. <laughs> like, come on. That's the scene... greatest Halloween costume ever made. You don't just oh, throw that away. That that scene is just classic. You know what my favorite part about that scene is? I don't know if you've noticed it, but if you look in the background, you see some kid laughing and then going like this, juking his thing, like as if he's got the bear in front of him. Because you you see the two cops talking about it. Like, is is that the is the guy? Is the is the bear? But and you then... see this kid in the background going. I asked Ian when we first started this how we were going to get through this show without, you know, being very vulgar. And that this is the best line in this movie, and it's as vulgar as it gets. Bear f***er. <laughs> Do you need assistance? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's To me, that's the scene that makes the movie. And, and even now, even we've seen it all a hundred times, you still laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is still funny and as funny as the first time we saw it. The first time you see that empty syrup bottle fly across the screen and hit that dude oh in the face. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Huh? And then the second one, <laughs> dude. That is that that. Huh? That sit down, Rando. That was that was my uh, kick his ass sea bass. Like you know what I mean? How that's an iconic scene for so many people for uh, Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of that confrontation scene is so much more. Like I I don't understand it. They think I'm Mexican. You're not Mexican. You're not Mexican. <laughs> Like the the <laughs> dynamics in that, it's so quick. It's so funny. It's like is that these how they guys... do it in Arabia Thorny? How the hell should I know? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the run the like the running jokes in those. Like uh, in the second movie, him like having the uh, estrogen, being addicted to mm-hmm. the estrogen uh, medication. Like this Flo one, where Scotia, nobody knows. <laughs> 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 what is that? It's a pastiche. <laughs> Or, or even like it, uh, just the the soap in the coffee, and the the creme fraiche. That, like oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Who like cream fresh. The little injection of the new, the updated jokes mm-hmm. of that. Like, but anybody want cream? Nobody want cream. And the guy that okay. played Canadian Farva, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. I oh, love that genius. guy and everything he's in. Right, but like to me, the 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 those subtle jokes, those little. They didn't have the flashlight thing like those. Mm-hmm. It's so the bear. I was legitimately thinking of the of the bear scene earlier today. Of like, I have to bring it up the fact that okay, yes, there's been a dis- you got to make a distraction, and they're doing some wacky. There's nothing like that scene in another movie that I've seen. Like there yeah. isn't something where it's like, oh, their idea <laughs> of distracting somebody <laughs> so much was like to act like a guy is bear as a guy is making love bareback. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> To a bear, <laughs> and and that's oh that'll get the that cops called. Him. Like what? There could be so many other things. What's funny about that scene is the scene right before when they're in the the two local cops are in the station and the phones are ringing off the hook, and he's like, "That's like the eighth call we've got." <laughs> so they do nothing like the first seven calls they get until they get the eighth one. They're like, "Hey, we better get out there and see what's going on." Someone's got to stay here. Oh, I got to stay here. Someone's got to answer the phones. <laughs> or or even like when they went to go undercover and drive the big rig and he just goes, who knew it was a stick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Dude. Aren't all big rigs <laughs> manual? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's like that, like... Uh, Where either they may have had that scene in mind, or maybe it didn't shoot the way they thought. Like, what a clever way to use probably... Or maybe they never intended. You never know. And that's what a true, like, joke is. Like, that misdirection of, like... That's the the, the lure a lot of, like, stand-up comics of, like, oh, they're just thinking of this right now. Like, mm-hmm. no, you know... That there was constructed in somewhere in here, the the cast that they put together for this, I think, is the same lightning that struck with Beer Fest. And yeah. again, any of my top three could be number one any day, but except for the fact that Beer Fest has a place in my heart. Yeah, Super Troopers is my introduction to it, and that was like just the the bear scene alone. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was like, I have to bring that up. Of that, like that's the thing they thought of. Like that's a perfect distraction. <laughs> There's so many other like neat and interesting little tidbits about this movie. Like going back to when they were drinking the syrup. If you watch close enough, you can tell it's a little bit more liquidy than regular syrup, and that's because they're drinking iced tea. But there's also times in which like like I can see it now that I heard about it on the commentary. I can tell the difference of when they're drinking syrup and when they're drinking iced tea because you can kind of see the the difference in the viscosity. What about was it? Are you sure it wasn't cola? Like uh, maybe like a liter, a liter of cola. (laughs) What the hell is liter of cola? Do we sell liter of cola? It's for a cop. Does this look like spit to you? Speaking of, by the way, speaking of uh, working in kitchens and stuff like that, there 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 is a there is a term used in the kitchens that I've worked at of like when you're making an employee, well, like when somebody some from the kitchen their lunch, you say it's for a cop, so they know to like put you know put a little extra in it or something like that. Make it actually make it good. I may or may not have done that. Really, I can neither confirm or deny that I've done that. Does that look like spit to you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or the other thing I was going to bring up is uh, that piece of soap that Brian Cox bit into and spit in his face. They originally wanted that to be white chocolate, but Brian Cox is allergic to chocolate. So they had to find some kind of like decorative soap that he was okay with biting into. Oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know this? It was in the commentary. That oh, is dead. That's dedication. Yeah. They, they, they had to try to find, or like Johnny Chimpo, the the, the little Johnny Chimpo, some, uh, the, not even just the cartoon, but like the banana with the the, the dick in it. and uh, The tattoo, the logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Casino La Fantastique. <laughs> O'Hagan talking about Johnny Chimpo is just <laughs> priceless. I mean, honestly, when I think, I'm sorry, when I think back about that movie when he's talking to Grady about Johnny Chimpo <laughs> and Grady just goes on this long tirade about call it up Barry the Baboon. I got Barry the Baboon in lockup and he says that for twenty bananas he will provide evidence that Johnny Chimpo is the pimp in charge of the Cartoon Network courthouse. Oh, that's one of the best lines in a movie. I could I could probably sit here and quote that entire movie. That's how good it is. And how many times I've seen it. Peach, you had this at number two without I guess uh, rehashing your original argument, why does this just fall short of the sequel to you? Yeah, I guess it's just because of the you know which one makes me laugh harder. So that that is recap. Did did you did you see when was the first time you saw the movie? Oh yeah, so I was introduced to Super Troopers. I went to the theater and saw it, and oh, actually really? I went with Christine Rosinski, who is one of the people that mm-hmm. put in for. She had it the at ranking. number one as well. Yeah, so I have a lot of nostalgia with this movie. Um, I just remember we used to go hang out in our basement once it came out, 
And we always watched So I Married an Axe Murderer. That was our go-to <laughs> I love that movie. movie. Um, and this movie replaced that for us. Oh, wow. So being in high school and, and experiencing that. So like I said, interchangeable top three on any given day. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said about Super Troopers that could be said. Because like Beer Fest, it's a perfect movie. You can't make the argument that it shouldn't be number one just because... Beerfest is a perfect movie, but this one is a classic. You can make the argument that Beerfest may be funnier, but in regards to like its imprint on pop culture and just comedy movies in general, which there aren't a whole lot of R-rated comedies prior to release of this one that you can really measure it up to. It's it's just flawless, it's perfect, and these guys owe everything to the success of this movie, which uh, I'm not saying that in a despairing way. I mean, they absolutely captured lightning in a bottle with it i would legitimately like to see an hbo or showtime like series with the super troopers characters but i feel like that's kind of what tacoma fd is like, yeah it's closest to like that's on spike i think right they, it's on true tv true tv yeah so but i mean they they do spike spike is, hasn't been around for <laughs> it's on upn years. is that on upn or uh it's probably more like 15 years it's on, it's on prism <laughs> remember prism no i you know I'm really, really sorry. I'm, uh, I really am glad you said something about that because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. In the day and age of Netflix, it wouldn't cost them all that much to do as Super Troopers. I think they just don't want to get typecast, but I mm-hmm. think we see. I think that's the next route yeah. maybe to come up with like a an eight-episode series, and they could probably get paid really well from a place like Netflix, and I think Netflix would be interested in doing something like I that. I mean, do you uh, think that they could pull that off without basically either being a trope of themselves or just undermining everything they've done on Tacoma FD. But t- Tacoma FD, like just, just you, why not? Like even that idea is close. That's not mm-hmm. that you can do something similar to that. You can have like alternating characters. You can have original. If, as long as they can curse, as long as they can be dirty, show nudity, stuff like that. Like, cause you kind of need that free space to, to have a joke like the, even though you, even though you hated it and it repulsed you, but the joke, me, you know, just... that they're recycling from before of, you know, a, a, a penis in the home, a <laughs> penis in your asshole. <laughs> Sorry, my French accent is a little happiness in your asshole. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe something featuring Danny DeVito. That would be great. I would love to see those guys do something with Danny DeVito just because of the bit that they did in that movie. Yeah. I would I wonder, literally watch that right meow. Right <laughs> I wonder why they didn't get him for that. I mean, Danny DeVito seems like he'd be down to do that kind of thing. Ben Savage, right? Doesn't he? Because he's part busy of like, and always sunny in Philadelphia. Right, but isn't Ben Savage? Wasn't Ben Savage one of the first directors or part of that somehow? Wasn't he? Fr- uh, Fred, Fred Savage. Savage. Yeah. Fred Savage. Yeah. yeah. Fr- Fred Savage Fred has Savage. directed a lot of episodes of It's Always Sunny. So that's the connection. There, there it is. Go. He thinks I don't know, but I know. <laughs> Who even has a fucking hard line anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Who's calling during hockey night in Canada? <laughs> that is my favorite scene. Yeah. It, that is my favorite. It's my favorite too. That and and when they're speaking the the fake French. All right, so let's wrap this up by uh first mentioning that Paul actually brought this to my attention the other day. We're getting another Broken Lizard film soon. Mm. They're going to be doing a take on the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the entire troupe is uh, going to be writing it, producing it, directing oh. it, starring in it. 
So it's going to be a Broken Lizard film. I think we should all go when it comes oh, out. We've oh, got yes. a couple of dates lined up. Metallica. Mm-hmm. We're going to go see the new Kevin Smith movie the when it comes Tarantino out. The next Quentin Tarantino movie Tarantino. when it comes out. So we got, we got quite a few. We need to make sure that we keep on top of the dates, though, to make sure mm-hmm. that we don't miss it. Because something like that... Not, Look, as this is the one point I wanted to make. As as well known as all these guys are, not one of their movies did more than thirty million dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, you could say that they've not been a very successful for, in terms of box yeah. office. So mm-hmm. I guess the, I'm just simply using that to say it probably won't be a wide release, right? So I think it'll probably be something that we'll have to seek out to go to see. But I'm definitely down to do that. I'll make the popcorn, guys. We can have a movie night. Yeah. I, I think, aren't they releasing that directly to Hulu or, or Apple TV Plus or something like that? Wherever it is located, we will sleuth it out. Yeah, I, sh- I shall stream. <laughs> Dan said he has a huge TV, so... One, one, of, one of the other things about Club Dread that I totally forgot to mention <laughs> is when, when they're slowly walking up to the door, not knowing who's on the other side, and it's Paul Soder with earfo- uh, earphones on and a flashlight going, I think there's a problem with the lights. Right? <laughs> That kills me every time. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to go backwards. Let's let's finish up by going around the room and just saying who our favorite member of the troop is oh. and why. I'll start it off to give you guys a little bit of time to think about it. It wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people said Kevin, who played Farva in all these films, because he's such a great character. As I said before, Steve Lemmy, to me, yeah. in these movies is so great because he's he's playing a completely off-the-wall, over-the-top, different character in every movie. He went from playing Juan Castillo, who went to jail for having a sex with a goat in <laughs> Club Dread, to playing Fink, the Jewish uh, lab frog masturbator right. <laughs> in Beer Fest, and... I, I love like his fearlessness in the roles that he tries to to jump into. Even so much as like in the first Super Troopers when they put on the 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 iron cup, and then he takes it off so that Rabbit can put it on. He's just standing there naked, just buck naked, <laughs> yeah. covered in dirt. He's he is very comfortable being naked. And even Kevin, uh, who played Farva, mentioned in their stand-up special how bad of an idea it is for your uh, future to do full frontal nudity. <laughs> Because the lice hate the sugar. Yeah. But for me, it's it's Steve Lemmy. I love Steve Lemmy. I'm glad that him and Kevin are doing great things over at Tacoma FD. If it wasn't the two of them together, I don't think it would be as good as it is. But I love the dynamic of those two guys. And you don't really get a whole lot of that in the movies that they're in together. Pat, which one is it for you? Yeah, I'd have to say, I'd have to piggyback on that. Steve Lemmy is, is I think he's the most committed. He's the most believable. Like I Like, that is him. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he is playing characters, or some, like obviously he's he can do so many different voices or characters. He was featured in Toad Load Monthly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like there's there's special characteristics that he has that other people don't. Like he figured out that you got to spin the boot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he's a he, it, like the the fact that he has that kind of range, I think is is really cool. I love all again. I, I love the whole ensemble. But if I'm picking a favorite, I think like who I like to see outside of it, mm-hmm. or who I think could thrive the most outside, like in front of the camera, I think it'd be Steve Steve Lammy. Dan, how about you? Yeah, it's a real tough one. I think probably Jay. Yeah, Jay's probably my, Jay. Jay's I, I, done some funny things. His cameo in Jackass Two is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was really, I think Club Dread was like the movie I disliked his character the most. Putman. Then. 
I didn't like Butman that much. Um, but he played Cox and Quarters with Andre Agassi. It's true, he did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, in every other film, I, I love Jay. Like, I think he's one of the major a lot keeping of the, them off. A lot of his power is derived from his lips. Yeah. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say Jay. Okay. How about you, Peach? Um, I'm going to ha- actually have to say Jay, too. Oh, and I think I think the difference between Jay and Steve Lemmy for me was the fact, I guess it's my background as being a mental health professional, right? And I see these characters that Jay takes on. And for some reason, he even, I feel like he even researches the mental health diagnoses that are with each of these characters hmm. because the little tidbits of things that he does or says makes me laugh because it's like oh yeah you're you're borderline oh yeah you're this they're like oh yeah you need to take meds so you don't have a psychotic break for those little things he nails and maybe that's stuff that other people might not notice but i do and i really appreciate it i didn't actually really consider jay as one that i would choose until just now but then hearing you say that and recalling his characters in slam and salmon as well as Barry Bajanath. Who's Barry yeah. Bajanath? In, uh, who's Barry Bajanath? Who's Barry Bajanath? Who's Barry Bajanath? Barry Bajanath. Do you want to sit on this side? <laughs> I like to sit in the middle. I like to sit in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess between... I guess after Steve and Kevin for me, Jay would be a very close third. Paul, how about you? You know, as much as I love Steve Lemmy and I really, really love Tacoma FD, I'm going Jay, too. I think the range in all of the different films was great. I loved the nuts Zongo character in <laughs> Slam and Salmon. Part of the reason that Slam and Salmon came in so high for me, because I love that character so much. I really think that Putnam was weak, I'll admit. <laughs> I didn't care for him, but I also didn't care for that movie. And, of course, Thorny, you know, you got to love him as in Super Troopers and in Beer Fest. Barry, I, I really think that's one of the best characters in the entire so, series yeah, of so people. Dynamic. And and so, also interesting, he's di- uh, directed episodes of some of my favorite television shows yeah, as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Lethal Weapon series, which had been canceled, but I, I enjoyed that very much. He directed a couple of other episodes, too. So, with that body of work, I'm going to pick Jay. All right. So to, to close it up here, I'm, I'm going to go around the room one more time because I just now thought of this. I want to I want everybody to give me their favorite role in any of the films. I'm going to go Coconut Pete. <laughs> Coconut Pete. I think Landfill. Landfill's I think a good pick. Landfill has like there's there's a, you can almost get a like a side story of him because of whatever happened at the you know what i mean at with, the, with him and, and landfield's wife no well no what happened at his uh at you the, have kids at the factory <laughs> Did you know he had kids? the kids scene in slam and salmon too when you find out <laughs> no, that no, he, that's fine. farva is you know the champs dating the champs daughter mm-hmm. that was very interesting too and sort of out of left field <laughs> but yeah i think i think landfill like just the the fact that like whatever happened at the at the factory at the beer factory do you know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. depth to that, and the fact that he has like just like a true passion for what exactly they need him to have a passion for is <laughs> kind of interesting. There's a lot of good people you can pick in that movie. Even Cherry's a good a good pick. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'd love to know her backstory of how she came to start working for the von von Wolfhausens. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good one. Dan, how about you? Yeah, it's really tough because I, I, I'm probably going with Coconut Pete. <laughs> I got to be honest. Like, and it's, and I know it's the last one on my movie, but like that, that character is just so on point. It's so great. Um, but I'm really having trouble with Barry too. Like Barry Badgen, that's a great character. He, he's 
it's right there. They're really tight. So I mean, I'm gonna. I think Coconut Pete probably is my favorite. Is it because he charges an extra dollar to touch your toe than it is to have you touch his toe? You want me to touch my toes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't I know you? Didn't I give you a dollar? <laughs> you get, I, give I you paid a you a dollar to touch your toes and then touch your dick. Oh, yeah. Good to see you. <laughs> Peach, how about you? Um, so, yeah, Barry's up there for me. But I think my favorite has to be Brian Cox and mm. the okay. captain. Uh, yeah. I just... It's uh, if so I were, great. If I were to give an honorable mention, I would also I'd say Will Sasso. Yeah, I that, that was yeah. I was gonna say that, but I was just like I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It, it just perfect. popped in my head. Okay. Go go ahead about so Brian Cox. No, uh, you know, for, all these guys make these movies, right? But when I go back and I think about Super Troopers, it just wouldn't be the same if anybody else was playing that character. Yeah. Perfect straight man. Interestingly enough, I was literally going to say O'Hagan myself, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and but that's fine. And obviously, Coconut Pete is is a great one. But I got I got to be honest. When you think about all of these films and some of the most memorable, and again, I know I'm higher on on Slam and Salmon, but the Champ has got to be <laughs> yeah. up there. Yeah. Whatever, when, motherfucker. When I think back about the the strongest characters, again, watching all of these, I watched all five of these movies in the last four days. He's the one that kind of rises to the top. Um, again, I probably would have gone with O'Hagan there, but I think a 1B is definitely the champ, so I'm going to be giving Slam and Salmon a little bit of love here today. What's yeah. the name of that song at the end of Slam and Salmon? You know, it's I, I didn't get the exact words. I think it's the call of the, <laughs> the cougar. Call, call of the cougar. It is like my it's the, my favorite part of the movie is the ending scenes song. To me, it's right up there with DVDAs. Now you're a man in regards to <laughs> now you're a man. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this edition of Ranking Roundtable where we broke down all of the major motion pictures of the Broken Lizard comedy troupe. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks to all the people that I'll mention in the outro who provided lists to ultimately help come up with this list. And uh, I couldn't be happier with how it turned out despite how my list shakes up with the rest of them. So thank all you guys for being here. I really appreciate it. Whatever you say, Midget Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks again to all my panelists today, Professor Paul, Peach, Dan, Pat, as well as my other contributors, BCMG's Into the Lab podcast, Mitch Coleman, Christine Wersinski, and Charles Baynard for making today's Ranking Roundtable possible. If you want to contribute a list to your own to our future Ranking Roundtable, keep an eye on my social media pages. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Ian Strong Words, as I'll be asking for your list for future editions of Ranking Roundtable. And if you want to send me your list of all the Broken Lizard movies that we discussed today, again, that's at Ian Strong Words on social media, or you can email them to me at strongwordspodcast@gmail.com. Don't forget to like, follow, or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Please leave me a rating and review if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking to do something to support the show, just simply sharing my social media posts and helping me spread the strong words is the best way for you to do that. So that'll do it for another episode of Strong Words with Ian Strong. But come back next week as my monthly special bonus edition will air another volume of Shot Glass Diaries here on the show. And in two weeks... I'm going to feature a volume of Shot Glass Diaries as well, as I'll have Captain Awesome Dan Freet back to help tell me the story of a trip that we took. But in the meantime, as I say every episode, stay safe out there. Spend a little time every day doing something that you love. And if you got something to say, keep your words strong. How strong? Being strong. Strong words!